0: You are in the ring with Hector Galon, seven-time National Boxing Champion, turned nonprofit president and CEO. Hector knocks out the big issues facing social services today with high-impact leaders from around the US. In the ring is a creation of Lutheran Social Services of Wisconsin and Upper Michigan and is produced by No Studios. And now, here's Hector Galon.
1: Hello, 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 and welcome to In the Ring with Hector Colon, the show that gets real about the challenges facing the social services sector and the people we serve. Here's the bottom line. Pay is not commensurate to the value our colleagues provide society. Programs and policies are not evolving quick enough in order to address the true needs of the people we serve. And the financial viability of our sector is in jeopardy. It's not a fair fight. That's why this year we're going to take on these issues with individuals at the center of these challenges, true champions who are willing to get into the ring with me. As my coach Shorty used to say, let's go, champ. In the ring with me today is my dear friend, Frank Cumberbatch.
0: Thanks, Hector. So happy to be here with you.
1: Awesome. I'm looking forward to our interview. So let me share a little bit about Frank. Frank has more than 30 years of experience in public, private, and nonprofit sectors. He worked at Axe Housing as the program manager, where he empowered home ownership for thousands of people that would not have had that opportunity if it wasn't for him. He was in real estate and private development. He also was the former senior assistant for former Mayor Barrett in the city of Milwaukee and he also ran uh, for mayor in the city of Milwaukee. Now he's the Vice President of Engagement for Bader Philanthropies, an organization that has committed over $426 million worth of grants and program investments in the community. Frank will tell you one of his proudest moments at at Bader Philanthropy is when he helped relocate uh, Bader Philanthropy's headquarters right in the city of Milwaukee. Close and proximate to the people that you serve. That's right. So, Frank is a decorated athlete, winning seven Wisconsin Intercollegiate Athletic Conference titles through UW Oshkosh track and field program. He also has a wonderful family. His son also is going to be potentially a future Olympian. We hope Sa- so. Yes, Sadie <laughs> uh, is at West Point, uh, which is the U.S. Military Academy. And Rachel, another daughter, she has a Ph.D. in veterinary medicine. Congratulations for the wonderful family that you have, Frank.
0: Thank you very much.
1: Frank is also a member of Lutheran's uh, board member of Lutheran Social Services of Wisconsin, Upper Michigan. Frank, you are a true friend, a blessed leader in this community, and we are so happy to have you on the LSS board and be part of this family. Are you ready for round one? Let's go. Frank, uh, you were recently featured in the Milwaukee Business Journal for the $80 million urban sports and wellness complex that you are now planning to do. And you want to do it right in the community to make sure that underserved individuals are served uh, through this new beautiful complex. Tell us more about this. Well, Hector,
0: as you mentioned in the, uh, in the introduction, uh, my, my accomplishments in sports. Well, it wasn't always that way. You know, I was a, I was a kid like any other kid we see in, in, uh, in, in our urban communities. But it was sports, track and field. And the guys who were playing sports with a positive mindset who got me involved in sports. And I realized how much it centered my life, gave me purpose. And as a matter of fact, it is sports that got me sitting here with you so a few years ago, I came up with the idea of if this could work for me, a little guy from down the islands, you know, it could work for anybody. So I decided on the idea of building a, a, a what started out as a sports facility. Um, but some of my colleagues just, uh, told me that it needed to be more than that. I ran into a guy named Damien Bookman, who's working with people with disabilities. You know, I noticed there are seniors walking in the malls. And I thought, you know what, we need a facility that could meet the needs of all of these folks. And I really believe by surrounding them with the the proper mindset of individuals, we could take these young people and transform them into people who are even much more accomplished than me. And so that's the idea behind it. And I hope it turns out to be what we think it can be.
1: That's awesome and, and very inspiring, you know, persons with disabilities, persons that uh, don't have the opportunity, have these beautiful s- facilities uh, in their neighborhood. So I really want to commend you uh, for taking this on. How's it going so far in terms of the fundraising?
0: Yeah, so far we, we're we in the process of, of framing our capital campaign. And of course, it's, it's a heavy lift. It's $80 million, you know, but I am committed to uh to getting to the finish line because you know it's it's an it's another obstacle and what got me to this point in my life is running into over through obstacles you know a lot of people put a lot of things in my way including poverty uh, 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 um, illiteracy my parents couldn't read or write but I took on the attitude that these are just little mole hills and I'm gonna blow through them and And here we are. So 80 million. Yeah, I think I could get there, but it needs the entire community in order to get it done. And I'm counting on on all of Milwaukee to help me do that.
1: Frank, uh, with your passion and purpose, I have absolutely no doubt that you will accomplish that goal uh, and more. And it's going to be a blessing uh, for so many people. So, again, thank you uh, for taking that on. You know, I had some previous guests that shared with, with us, you're very experienced in the philanthropy, in mm-hmm. the community, and a prior guest, uh, Susan Dreyfus, said that you, we need to do a better job. It's so important to get our donors proximate to the services and the communities uh, that we serve. Uh, what are your thoughts about that?
0: No, no doubt about it, because this is really not so much about money, Right? Philanthropy is about understanding the needs of humanity, about those who do not have. They have dreams. They have hopes. They have fears. You know, moms care about what's going to happen to their children, right? And so what philanthropy and people who give and people who care needs to do is to really get up close to the issues. One of the things about poor people that I think people don't understand. Poor people and and underserved people don't want people to do things for them. They want people to do things with them, right? And the only way you're going to do things with somebody is to get close to them, meet them where they are, right? So we can't have a philanthropic organization downtown in a high tower and talk about poverty on the Northwest side, right? And, and I'm so proud of, of Dan Bader and Bader Philanthropies and the board to recognize that and to say, if we're gonna get real return on our efforts, we gotta, we gotta get in there um, uh, with the people. Listen, we had staff who were nervous, you know, people ODing right in front of the, of the door You know, drug addicts walking in asking for a dollar. But if you don't get an appreciation for that, you don't really understand the need. Uh,
1: Thank you so much, Frank. You know, we appreciate Bader, uh, you uh, and all of the um, team that you have at Bader Philanthropies for your support uh, at LSS and just really for all you do. Uh, for the community. Um, it's it's really impressive. Uh, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. I'll, I'll let him know you said Please that. Please do. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you. So how else can our sector uh, really increase the trust with philanthropists uh, and to remove those barriers, specifically around things with strict funding uh, limits, uh, the limitations that sometimes funders put on, on the things we can and cannot do?
0: You know, w- one of the things we're seeing in the industry is um, the call for more unrestricted funding, right? And um, and at Bader and other uh, philanthropic organizations around the country, we're taking a look at that, right? Is it really restrictive? You know, are we are we sort of controlling what the organization's... Can do. Some are saying to us, by giving in an unrestricted way, you're demonstrating trust, right? Because if we are going to 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 invest in your organization, what we actually do in Hector is investing in you. You're the leader. You have to set the direction for the organization. We 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 can't come in and do that, right? So w- we're taking a look at. You know, do we demonstrate that trust by offering more of this funding unrestricted for the purpose for which you say you want to do it instead of having it be program driven and and a more narrow definition of what it is you want to do?
1: Again, thank you so much. We really appreciate the trust that you have given us. Uh, with your flexibility on the dollars and allowing us to deploy them to have the biggest impact uh, in our community. So we appreciate that very much. We do know that um, there is a movement to move more in that direction, Mm -hmm. but we also know that not everybody's there. And so part of our discussion here today is to raise the visibility of this issue so that others can realize that uh, this is something that's very important. Uh, So thank you for those insights. So that completes round one. In round two, we're going to dig deeper into the critical role of nonprofit boards. How do organizations need to develop and prepare its board members? And what is the board's responsibility uh, to our community as well as our individual organization? Are you ready for round two? I am. Let's, Let's have at it. Frank, uh, what is your particular passion and purpose uh, for serving on nonprofit boards? Uh,
0: Hector, I wake up every morning thinking about helping people. When when I die, I hope they put on my tombstone, he helped people. That's all I do. I just want to be able to help people. And better philanthropies have given me the opportunity to help people.
1: That's awesome. And not only be their Philanthropies, but it's in your soul and your yeah, heart. Yeah, yeah. And you've it's done it through DNA. other, other uh, jobs that you've had and Absolutely. volunteer opportunities that you're engaged in. So it, it, it truly does come from your heart.
0: Yeah, I, I appreciate that you recognize that because it's what brings me joy. You know, my, I get my joy from saying something doing something for somebody and 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 in helping people it might be to energize them say something that gives them a little bit of energy to keep going it might be to lift them up when they're sad it might be to motivate them to run a little faster or to or to study harder whatever it takes is that's my joy
1: thank you thank you. What can organizations like LSS better prepare you and our board members for more success?
0: Well, I, for me personally, um, I, 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 don't, I'm, I don't know that you had to do much to prepare me because I was, I am your friend and you, we, and we've been friends for a long time because we're aligned in our thinking and we're aligned in the way we see the world. And I think that's the approach that boards and LSS board has to take, right? Which is align yourself with people that supports the mission. You can't go and recruit a board member and then try to convince that board member to align with the mission. Right? You have to work a little harder to find those people who, when they show up, they show up with the passion to get the work done and to help. They got to buy in before they get there. You know, you you can't take them because maybe they have resources or or they know people. And when they get there, they don't have it in their soul to help this organization get to the next level.
1: Yeah, thank you and I'm so honored and privileged to have an amazing board of directors that share your passion and really want to make a difference in the lives of others and and are truly committed. I think that's one thing that we have at LSS that we can be very proud of is an outstanding board of directors that bring lots of knowledge and expertise, but also their hearts. And that's what you're really getting at is they have to have that heart. They that can- says
0: something about you. The reason why that is, is you've, you've, you've done an excellent job of defining your brand. Who is Hector Cologne? we can tell people who Hector Cologne is and you get Hector Cologne or you don't. And so what you've done is surround yourself with the people who get Hector Cologne. And so if you don't like Hector Cologne, just keep going. Right. And, and you've done a great job of bringing the people around you who have that servant leadership kind of quality, who really could see the big picture, who could, who could keep their eyes on the prize and get the work done. And don't change a thing. That's what you do. That's who you are. And that's what makes you and LSS successful.
1: Thank you. And these are individuals like yourself that really want to live out the mission of LSS. And that is to act compassionately, serve humbly, and lead courageously. That's what our board of directors bring uh, to the organization, and we are so happy about that. You know, I want to preface this next question with a comment that Susan Dreyfus made when we were talking about mergers and acquisitions. She said that it's the board's responsibility that if a uh, president and CEO is leaving an organization, that they should look at a merger and a- acquisition opportunity uh, as an option before hiring that next CEO. What are your thoughts about that?
0: Well, I, I could see the perspective from where she's coming from, right? The, the, the current CEO is left, right? And is there an opportunity to put another organization on the table through a merger to see if we could lift the organization to the next level? But that's on the surface on the service level. In terms of the CEO itself, if the person's leaving was successful, you have to try to find someone to replace that CEO who has that same passion, who has that fit for the organization, who is qualified to run the organization where it is. For example, if it's a startup social service organization, that takes a different kind of leadership from if it's a mature organization, right? Um, And it takes different characteristics and personalities to do that kind of work. Is a merger of another organization the right thing to do? I don't really know, but it's worth considering but i don't I don't see that as a as a, a real viable option in replacing the person for growing the organization, maybe, but you you have to look for that fit. It, you know that it, it still has to have a leader. One person at the end of the day is responsible for the direction um, and the motivation of those employees. Who report there for work?
1: I think that's a great uh, insight that not automatically would a merger and acquisition be the best thing. It's really about that leader. Maybe that organization uh, has that right leader that could be of value that's to a LSS. Possibi-
0: that's the possibility.
1: But if not, um, we have to make sure that we're looking at the person and the leader and the value and experience they bring to effectively continue to lead LSS forward?
0: Well, I think you have to, there's one other component that I think you left out that's critical, and that's culture, right? The leader may have set the culture of the of the organization. Is this uh, an organization that, em- that embraces equity? Is there an organization that embraces creativity, right? Is this, an organization that lets their employees fail. The only way you learn, learning happens when you fail, right? And so some organizations don't tolerate failure. You do it this way because that is the way we've always done it. In some places, you don't want to go and work there, right? Because you want the employees to think and be innovative and push the limits because that is how you get to the next level so you have to take the culture and everything involved so you better be careful for who you're merging with
1: right Frank I, I love that idea of of failure allowing us and a willingness uh, to allow people to fail I believe very strongly that if we don't allow that and have the spirit for that we're never going to reach our full potential The nonprofit sector though with our margins so slim, it always is a challenge for us. Mm-hmm. That's why we need donors uh, and individuals like you that believe in that, that can support us and give us the opportunity to do something new and innovative, uh, even though if there's a chance, we might fail. Because through that failure, we might we might achieve a breakthrough. Uh, but we also might fail and, and learn from those failures and become more resilient. But,
0: but here's where this... Funder-grantee relationship breaks down in what you're saying, right? Most grantees think, okay, I have to go tell the donor what they want to hear, right? They have that you look on their website; they have a mission, they have certain things they support, right? What you just said is actually, I think, the better way to do this: come forward and tell the donor we would like uh, some resources to try something. It might fail, but if it succeeds, we think we will make a huge difference in the lives of some people that we're not reaching right now. We're open for that. But don't come and tell us, oh, well, we are going to do A, B, and C. Why? Because you looked on our website and it says we do A, B, and C. (laughs) That is a recipe for failure, but not failure in, 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 from the standpoint of learning. Tell the truth. We're trying this. We think we see a void. We're not absolutely certain it would work, but here's what we're certain of. If we don't do it, we will fail. Say so because we want you to succeed, Right. Remember, we're not in this business of making money, so we're don't. We we're not looking at this on a return on investment to us. When, when do we get our 20% back on top of our capital? We don't look at it as that. Are you trying to solve a problem? Not every problem gets solved. But you know what? Take a shot at it.
1: Love it, love it. If we don't do it, we fail. You fail. That's great. That's great, Frank. Well, that completes round two. In round three, Frank and I are going to get real about equity, diversity, and inclusion. It's a topic that has helped shape our personal lives as well as our professional lives. And we both agree that a conversation on equity and diversity and inclusion needs to happen in order for our community uh, to reach its full potential. Frank, are you ready for round three? Let's go. Frank, uh, you and I recently shared some stories, some personal stories about equity, diversity and inclusion. And I shared with you one time when I was the director of health and human services in Milwaukee County, and there was an alderman uh, or a county supervisor who shared with Chris Abley, said, I think Hector Colong is starting to rub me the right way. I'm starting to like uh, some of the things that he's doing, but we need a minority in this position. Wow. I shared that with you, and uh, you also had similar stories that you shared with me. Uh, could you please share your thoughts? Yeah, on yeah.
0: I mean, mine was similar. You know, I um, you mentioned in the intro, I um, I was um, uh, part of Mayor Barrett's staff. So we had a situation where you know a, a few African American uh, uh, folks wanted to see the mayor, and what he would do is have me sit in with them. So we sit down and the issue was we need African-Americans in the mayor's office. So the mayor said, well, this guy right here, what, what is he? And he goes, no, 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 no not, he's not African-American. He is from the islands. They come to America. They send their children to Ivy League schools. And he is not who we're talking about. We, wanna, we want American black people. And I thought, wow, that, that, that is an interesting situation to be in because all of the lessons I learned along the way from what I read or whatever, there is always a, a black-white issue, right? And I think we don't tackle inclusion from within, right? Because we still have people who even inside the race don't see everybody the same, so so it makes for an interesting experience.
1: You know, that's a very interesting point that there are times where we don't have inclusion within our own, within our own, within absolutely. our own, quite a bit. You know, actually. Latinos, you know, Mexicans are disagreeing with Puerto Ricans at times, and and we're Latinos and we're brown, and and you're black uh, from Trinidad, from the island, and. And for some, you've experienced that maybe you're not black enough. Not black um, enough.
0: Maybe it's my little accent or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I, I I love like Latino people. Yeah. I, you know, I, I have white friends, Asian, and, and maybe I'm spreading mm-hmm. myself too thin. I, I yeah. really don't know the yeah, answer yeah. to why we get this kind of behavior. But it is important to call out that equity and inclusion is not a... Uh, uh, something between people of color and white whites only yep right
1: yeah no I I, I agree and one of the things I love about LSS is that our, our core value is we believe in the infinite worth of all people uh, no matter your race your background your color we're there to serve you to love you to take care of you to hire you to to be your friend um and I I, I believe that the board, and yourself really embodies that that core belief. So it's another blessing that we have uh, at LSS. I wanna continue on with this conversation. Uh, why is it important today to get real about equity, diversity, and inclusion? And start off by sharing what does that actually mean about getting real about equity, diversity, and inclusion?
0: Well, the reason why we have to get real is because right now, it's more soundbite than it is outcome-driven, right? D- to put on the homepage of your website that you support diversity and equity and inclusion is nothing. It doesn't do anything, right? To get real, and this is in my, in, in, uh, from my perspective, Getting real is identifying where we are and setting a hard goal as to where we're gonna we want to be. So I'll give you an example. If if you're a corporation, um, it might be a publicly traded corporation, and your paid board has zero people of color on it. It's 2022. You know, what getting real is December 31st, 2023. 45% of your board will be made up of people of color, right? And you you make that statement and you say, hold me to it, right? And you tell your investors, you tell your stockholders, this is what we are going to do. And if you don't like it, sell your stock. That is getting real because just the surface stuff alone doesn't do us any
1: good. Forty five percent. That's pretty uh, aggressive. And um, but I, I get your point. I think it's important that we focus at the, at the top, at, at the board level, at executive levels within these major corporations, because that is what will bring uh, equity, diversity, inclusion within those organizations. I think a lot of times in our society, when we talk about equity, diversity, and inclusion, we look at the technical things that uh, is a behavioral problem. So, for example, you know, you'll require a training uh, or you'll change a policy or you might even hire one person in a division to um, move forward equity, diversity, inclusion. But I really like about how you're talking about it from an outcome. What are the outcomes we want to do? I would just add on top of that is those authentic conversations that mm-hmm. need to happen. And when I mean authentic, I, I mean that we don't have to agree on every single thing. But how can we have empathy and walk in each other's shoes to understand one another uh, and and love each other uh, through that process? I, I think more of that needs to happen uh, than what is happening today. I, I, for me, and I'm biased in this in this comment.
0: Better Philanthropies is the poster child for that, right? We, the the organization is born out of Jewish values. However, we have over 50% women on the staff, way more than 75% non-Jewish people, right? We, we have this statement that we call um, cultural intentionality. right? We see people as people. So inside of that organization, we, we we don't have to hold classes in equity and inclusion. We live the thing, right? We do it in our hiring. We, we, we do it in our promotion. We do it in every single thing that we do. We see the individuals as human beings first. All right. And last so that everybody knows you have the opportunity to say how you feel. Put your point on the table. You will win some, you will lose some, but we will never attack you as an individual.
1: Love you, Frank. You have a heart of gold, man. Uh, you really uh, provide. That's how we have to do it? A lot of great insights, and uh, you're you're a great person and friend. You know, I, I've been asking all these guests just one final question: How are you knocking out 2022? If you can share both personally as well as professionally.
0: Well, uh, personally, I have to come back to my three children and my wife. You know. I I'm a blessed man. Right? I have three children. I made one simple little decision to get an education. And out of that move, my six siblings are no longer in poverty. My children are thriving in every single thing they're their attempt to do. And 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 I, I give my wife and the kids the credit for trying to achieve and be the best they can they, they can be. So to knock out 2022 is the young man Nathan is the last of the three. He's entering uh future a, Olympian. Yes, he's on yeah. he's on a track to yeah. be an Olympian. He's he's smart ap physics uh, three ap courses will knock out 2022 by him achieving all the goals and all the dreams that he wants bring joy to his mother and me and and keep on and keep on going and by the way that's an example i give uh, for my family i want that for every single family in these united states of america
1: that's awesome frank again uh, you're not focusing on yourself. You're focusing on your family uh, and others, and uh, you're a blessing. Appreciate you so much. Thank you very much, Frank. You knocked it out, baby. Thanks, man. Good. Appreciate look. it.
0: Thanks for inviting me. Thanks for getting me in the ring. It's a little nerve-wracking being in this ring here yeah. with you. You know, <laughs> you you're an Oli- you're, you're Olympic caliber yourself, so it it always gets me a little nervous to be with you. But I love right. you so much. Thank you're you. great. You're a great man with a great family, and 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 you're the kind of guy I want around me. So this was
1: a joy. Likewise, Frank. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Frank. Uh, I want to recap some of the great insights that you provided us with. You know, as board members, we need to uh, address the needs of humanity. There are many people in our world that are suffering that need a little bit of help. You talked about how we should bring our donors uh, closer to the issues so that they can fully understand the difference that we're making in the lives of those that have incredible odds stacked up against them. And when we help people, that brings us joy, that brings frank joy, that brings us joy. That, that's, what, that's why LSS does all of the great work that we do, because we feel that joy, that we're making a positive difference uh, in the lives of others. You know, Frank talked about making sure that um, a CEO brings on board members that are truly aligned with the mission, truly aligned with the impact that we're trying to make. Um, So it doesn't always benefit the organization to bring an individual who has lots of financial capacity if they don't truly believe in the mission and difference that we make in the lives uh, of others. We talked about MA. So previously, Susan Dreyfus said that when we are when a CEO leaves, that the board should automatically move forward with considering a merger and acquisition. And Frank um, had some some disagreements with that. His major focus was that you got to make sure that the next CEO embodies the leadership. Uh, can continue the culture. And in our case at LSS, he talked about servant leadership and equity, diversity, and inclusion. So while it might be a great opportunity, and I think it should be, uh, you always have to make sure, according to Frank, that you have that right leader to to lead the organization. I also really liked when he shared about how that we should tell donors that we're taking a chance And that we actually might fail. And he thought that donors would really respect that. But we might fail, but we also might succeed, allowing us to do something that's transformational in the community. I like that. I like that perspective. And we talked a lot about equity, diversity, inclusion. Frank talked about how it's easy to have a soundbite or a statement on a website, but we need to get real. And for him, he shared an example of what getting real means. He said some board of di- corporate board of directors, public companies might have zero diversity on their board in 2022. He said an example of getting real is that by 2023, that board will have 40 percent, 45 percent people of color. And Frank also shared that Bader Philanthropies is leading the way. They're a Jewish organization. They have 50% women, 75% individuals that are non-Jewish. They they are always talking about um, you know, being culturally intentional uh, through their hiring and through their promotions. So thank you so much, Frank, uh, for sharing your great insights. It means a lot to us, and we all learn a great deal. Thank you. Next month, I will get in the ring with M3 Insurance CEO, Mike Vickerson, and his partner and managing director, Chris Kenyon. The two will share about their group's approach to risk management, rates and liabilities, health insurance, and we will also talk about the social determinants of health. M3 is our newest sponsor of In the Ring with Héctor Colón. You will learn more about this great organization, and future episodes. Thank you so much, M3. You can find out more about In the Ring with Héctor Colón and all of our episodes on our website at lsswis.org slash in the ring. Let us know what you think about this show and what you want to see in future episodes. Like, follow, and share at LSSWIS on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. And please subscribe to our YouTube channel so that you don't miss any of these important conversations in the future. All right. Thank you, Frank. And to all our listeners, until next time, con mucho cariño, with much affection. Bye.